0: It is great to be here one more time today, and my name is Gary Fowler, and I am the CEO, president, and co-founder of GSD Get You Done Venture Studios, a premier AI and quantum venture studio located in Silicon Valley. I'm a 17-time serial entrepreneur been involved in a number of unicorns. I was on the original management team. of click software, which was sold to Salesforce for 1.35 billion and also Eva.ai. We believe that intellectual capacity is evenly spread around the world, but opportunities are not. And with that, I'd like to uh, introduce my esteemed guest, Donison Freed, friend of mine. He's an executive advisor, recruiter, seasoned entrepreneur, businessman from San Francisco. In fact, He's on the boat in the bay today. So great, great time. Some people say they're working at home. He is on the boat. So that's a great thing. He was a uh, CEO of Wookie, purchaser of Sansar, turn around a 12 year old search engine company to orchestrate the acquisition of a brand of VR technology like any of its um, kind in the world to animate the contents of the web. He's been involved in all kinds of different things. He's a volunteer helps the homeless, uh, turnaround executives, Homeland Immigration Services as a co-founder. I mean, you name it, Jonathan's done it. And he's all around good guys. So with that, I'd like to bring
1: Jonathan to the show. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Gary. Good morning.
0: Yeah, good morning, uh, mate.
1: <laughs> yeah, hi, you matey. So where are you on the bay right now? Where are you? Yeah, I'm right off of San Francisco. Right now I'm docked in Treasure Island. Which is part of the San Francisco uh, area, and uh, my kids are doing a sailing camp, and uh, we had this, we got this little boat to practice before camp starts.
0: You know, <laughs> practice makes perfect, doesn't it?
1: Yes, it does. It does. You know, you can't ever get perfection, but we can keep striving
0: for it. Oh wow! And you have your kids
1: with you today. Yeah, you want to say hi? Here you go.
0: What's that? That's Jack. Hi.
1: Come here, Quinn. And that's Quinn. Hi, Quinn. Ow, so my I'm head. a proud dad of two, and uh, and they are great kids. They are great kids, seven and eight years old, going to be eight and nine. Did you see that? They're very proud yeah, of their daddy. No, well, it's you
0: know that's what kids are for. They keep their dads busy, don't they?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been great. It's been great.
0: So tell me a little bit about it. So you went from to San Francisco State University, graduated in 2000. Are you from the Bay Area originally, Jonathan, Or where are you from?
1: Yeah, I'm born and raised in Burlingame, California. It's a little, uh, well, San Mateo. Uh, and then went to high school, Burlingame High. Um, in my early days, you know, up until like the third or fourth grade, we were in Foster City. And what's unique about Silicon Valley and Foster City in particular is that's right next to Redwood Shores where Marine World Africa USA was. And so as a kid, I got to grow up watching marine world
0: africa usa
1: yeah yeah So so what was the
0: deal with that place
1: well that was a place where you had all these kind of water adventures and killer whales and all kinds of stuff we had a 600 pound elephant that would ride water skis so growing up you're in this environment where anything is possible and it's silicon valley in the early days this is the 80s you know um late 70s early 80s um and so it was a wonderful place to grow up. And then when the first tech boom happened, I got to see all my, you know, in the 90s, all my friends, their parents got to chase their dreams and do whatever they want. And so Silicon Valley, San Francisco, Bay Area really has kind of a blessed opportunity of, uh, that goes back generations. And I think that's why a lot of innovation comes here. But Miami is giving a run for the money. Miami is hot these days in Florida. Yeah, a lot of
0: stuff going on, and you know. Well, you know yes. something. There's one simple thing: taxes.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you can say that again.
0: The situation is, I don't know about you, but with the price of gas, I mean, I was just checking the gas prices out in the valley. Over eight dollars in a lot of places, and you know, some of the things need to be tweaked because we got to be more entrepreneurial friendly. You got such a beautiful environment. You've got santa cruz you've got yosemite you've got a lot of things to do but the prices need to start coming uh down and in line with the rest of the planet because it just the magic is there but you know people are not going to be coming to the magic of the entrance freeze too much well you know it's
1: funny because we spent california spent a lot of money doing fiber optic cables 20 years ago and and all that so they, they have the infrastructure but like you said, you know, Florida has that business kind of relationship, business-minded relationship um, for corporations. So it's, it's a great way to see how the evolution. And then you think about how a building center 100 years ago. In New York, the financial center, we see the evolution of our, of our communities, which uh, kind of brings us to the metaverse. But, yeah, you know, it's all about community and sharing and uh, knowledge and all that.
0: Now, how did your family get out to California? What were they involved in? What did you, all of a sudden, you just moved there one day? Or what, what,
1: you know, what are your roots? Yeah, so my my grandmother has three uh, brothers and one sister. And uh, what happened was her sister came out here when her husband retired. He was the uh, president of Shell Oil Africa. And then he went on to be the chairman of the West Oil Consortium and things like that. So they came out here to retire and watch their kids grow up and the grandkids. And then uh, her two brothers, uh, Hafon and Mosey, uh, they were in Syracuse, New York. And they were working computers. And in the 70s, they came out here to visit their sister. And it was so cold in Syracuse. And they came here and they saw the palm trees and all that, so they moved to Saratoga. They worked for Fairchild Semiconductors. Oh yeah, bands. that was
0: the, one of the one of the you know founders, essentially one of the, the stalwart great grandfathers of Silicon Valley, right?
1: That's right, that's right. You know, and uh, yeah. and what happened? What was interesting was they had a startup. Um, this is in the late seventies. And they did a unique thing that people hadn't done. I mean, it's the early days of financing startups, you know, and venture capital and risk capital um, in Silicon Valley. And so, what they did was they knew they were going to make it big. And, they, and everybody has a rich uncle. You know, there's that old adage, there's a rich uncle, you know. And so they went to their rich uncle, you know, which, and they said, We're going to make it big. Can we have some money? And then they realized that that was just going to make them the next generation. So instead, they went to every single family member, including my mom, single mother. Uh, We lived in an apartment. And they made every single one of us, you know, that were adults, put $400 into their startup. No matter what. Yeah, yeah. So So you were
0: like the original Families and Friends program.
1: Yeah, right? (laughs) It's kind of funny. Well, you know, there was about 100 cousins, you know, family friends everybody it was just a standard share four hundred dollars our rent at the time my mom's rent in the two-bedroom apartment in foster city was 250 dollars a month so it was almost it was a lot of money for her but they didn't Mm -hmm. care you know they said you have to figure out a way and and everybody put it in and then by 1979 or so uh, the company built high energy testers Mm -hmm. so they built supercomputers that tested other supercomputers and uh, by that time, they, they had an exit and uh, and everybody did well, you know. But the legend of all these family members and the arguing, do you sell, do you not sell, and things like that, that kind of, I think that comes from the family. I don't know. But we experienced well, it for amazing.
0: sure. So your mom had a big exit.
1: Well, I mean, it wasn't that, at the time, it was big, right? This is 1984. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> In 1984, I believe they had 2,000 employees in Silicon Valley.
0: Wow, that's amazing.
1: Yeah. So, And so what was happened to
0: mom then? What's the story? Did she become a venture capitalist?
1: No, she went into real estate, flipped houses, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, she was trained uh, as kind of a, she was trained kind of uh, as a, uh, she was uh, an engineer, uh, of, a secretary to an engineering firm. And so she was trained in that. And so she knew about land and soil and topsoils. And, you know, a lot of the Bay Foster city in particular, Redwood shore was all, you know, infilled and, and things like that. So, yeah. And then, uh, oh, my dad had a newspaper with my grandpa out here in the, in the Bay area called the observer. Mm-hmm. And so we well, got the newspaper at the time, right? It was a pretty big paper. It was fun. It was a weekly, it was a fun paper. And, uh, So you got to stay in touch with things and people, you know, and and that's one thing that you know uh, maybe we're kind of missing a little bit. The sense that you know, after the pandemic, we're coming back, we're reawakening, but how do we stay in touch with each other? How do we find each other? Do you go to the local coffee shop, talk to a stranger, or yeah, or can you do it in a chat room or a Discord channel or whatever, you know? And so,
0: how was it? You're growing up with your dad. Did you have a lot of people hanging around? People would want the uh, visibility, right? The newspaper, the visibility in the press. Was it with a lot of politicians,
1: a lot of uh, actresses and actors, were they hanging around or how was it? You know, I didn't really notice uh, as much, but, you know, yeah, they were around, Uh, you know, my great. So my dad started the paper with his his dad, uh, who was a campaign manager. You know, he got Prop C in the 1950s, paid for. And that Prop C was the, uh, the first one in the country to earmark uh, police salaries to the cost of living within the community. So that was a oh, big that, thing in the, in the really, 1950s. That's amazing. Yeah. So he did that and stuff like that. So it was a lot of fun. You know, it was a lot of fun growing up. I mostly, as a kid growing up, was hanging around the newspaper. So I mm-hmm. was by the printing presses. I was, you know, doing the fun stuff like that. I had a little column. Uh, that I'll write called Kids Corner, and I talk about the kids' issues of the days. Oh, that's great. That must have been, yeah.
0: that must have been fantastic. Yeah. You were giving yeah. your autographs out to your buddies,
1: huh? Right? Yeah, well, I just asked them, hey, you know, we talk about video games. You know, uh, Sega Genesis came out, Nintendo, all that stuff, right? Golden Eye on PlayStations and all that. So it was fun. It was a lot of fun. You know. Wow, that's amazing!
0: So you went down through. You were interned, at, uh, Dean Witter. You know various companies. You're managing director, Crown Sterling. You moved over to properties. So how did you go? You know that now you're over in properties. You've done the paper thing. You went over to properties and uh, you did contracts, right? So you did a lot of uh, contracts on that side. How was it? I mean, you've got a wide background. How in the world did you go from that to Homeland to Immigration Services?
1: You know that's funny because in 2016 there was the Haitian the Haitian migrant crisis, Mm -hmm. and uh, you know I was I don't know why I was just compelled. So uh, a little thing about my mom when she came to this country, she came here as a senior in high school, and a lot of times parents don't do the paperwork correctly, so she went from as a senior in high school. In Las Vegas, back to New York. And she was working as a young woman, uh, waitressing. And her boss didn't want to pay her, found out he, she didn't have papers and deported her. And really? so, he where's
0: your mom from? Italy. Wow, that's Italy. amazing.
1: Yeah. And so, instead of paying her the two week salary and the tips and all that, he got her deported. In those days, you could do something like that, it was a lot wow. tougher. So, she paid her own airfare. So she came back a year later correctly, you know, but um, when I heard about this migrant crisis, I don't know why I was just compelled to do something Mm -hmm. in California. You can become a bonded immigration consultant, allow you to fill out the paperwork. And so I went down there. I went to the church they were all staying at and uh, and I tried to help. You know, and well, uh, I, and I, my you know, and my my process was I would, and this is kind of how I view, you know, everything. My process was I'm going to teach the first group, and then they can start teaching the next group, so it becomes something that they all get to do on their own, right? Independent.
0: Were they doing it, John? Did did they help each other, and did you see that take place?
1: Yeah. So what happened was I gave the uh, all the forms, I showed the priest, and then there was two like community members. That were kind of in charge, and they were going to visit and checking the immigration stuff, you know, the the police force and all that. And so I talked them first, and then they carried on. They carried on.
0: Wow, that's amazing. I spent
1: yeah. like about ten days down there, but we got five thousand people uh, their forms.
0: Well, that's and then that, uh, you did it for almost two years, right?
1: Yeah. Well, then what happened was I was at the DMV, and the guy in front of me and this talks about idea creation. You know, idea creation is so important, right? Uh, Especially for startups and entrepreneurs and how do you constantly innovate and come up with new ideas and they can come from anywhere. And so I was at the DMV renewing my license and the guy in front of me who I think was from Saudi Arabia, they had 20, in California, your DMV uh, paperwork is translated into 26 languages, but not Arabic. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, but, it was, but not Arabic at the time. And so he was complaining. And at that moment, I, uh, I went to, I figured out a way to, we should have an auto translation service to auto populate and translate the forms. And that's what Homeland Immigration became. Um, Adam Plumer, who happens to be my cousin, he is a professor of AI at Google. And so we partnered up, you know, family and friends again, we partnered up and uh, the hardest part of that, the linguistic, you know, translation, was not the hard part. I mean, it's not that hard to say name things, right? Number, things like that. The hardest part was getting, um, getting to where you filled out the form and we printed the name exactly within a millimeter on the actual document. So you would see the form in your own language, and then it would auto-translate and then print onto the actual one. So that. You know, that's so it wasn't very sophisticated technology, yeah. but it was good.
0: No, that's great. Wow. So you go from there, you go back to you go to Sanzar. Now, how do you go from that? Right. To helping the Haitians to Sanzar.
1: Yeah, that's funny. Um, you know, I had a friend who had an old tech company and I had a little startup and he was going to invest in my startup. But then he asked me to help him on his. And so he had what was a search engine with the CTO who comes from uh, CTO Garnet Cheney, who was a gentleman who invented a lot of the methodology we use in search today in the search bar. So there was a prominent CTO, and uh, you know, we, they just wanted they needed a pivot. They had lost all their investor money. They had no technology to speak of. And it was on the brink of collapse. And so I got brought on board, and we just started talking. And I spent hours and hours and hours with the CTO talking, talking. And we came up with this concept to animate the contents of the web. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, I got Dmitry Konevsky from Google to be an advisor. Uh, he's the, the chief scientist, and uh, and then we got some other people who, you know, who, from Carnegie Mellon who were uh, experts in linguistics and and algorithms and all that. And what happened was nobody wanted to do, the hard part was HTML animation of of the contents. Everybody's willing to translate and say, Jack runs up the hill to meet Quinn, that's my daughter's name, or Jack and Jill, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Jack runs up the hill, Quinn runs up the hill. Everybody's willing to take a picture, right? And say that the next picture is someone running, and the next picture is someone up a hill, but to actually draw that is a lot of work. So we raised money to do it, and uh, the team got discouraged at that at that moment. And by happenstance, uh, you know, sometimes it's your luck. I was in a, a restaurant, and I met the head of HR for Linden Labs. Mm-hmm. And she was supposed to be laying everybody off. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they were in real trouble at the time. And uh, there was a lot of problems. And yet uh, she told me about it and I just needed a team. I was just looking for a team. And then the team also came with technology.
0: Wow, that's great.
1: Yeah, so we were able, and that's the, in the metaverse, you know, Sansar, it, Project Sansar is what they called it inside uh, Linden Labs. Project mm-hmm. Sansar was uh, was uh, like a new iteration of Second Life. You wow. know, Second Life is is the beginning of uh, of really the virtual worlds. You know, and the first to come up with concepts of uh, owning land in virtual worlds, Philip Rosedale was a was a, a really ahead of his time, and yeah.
0: uh, there are eight months, right? What did you do? Did you leave or did you sell the company? And what did you do?
1: We had a falling out. You know, there's a difference of opinion. What I wanted to do was take Sansar, do a reverse merger uh, with uh, a public company that Wookiee owned and and allow the, the users on the platform and even the people of Second Life to buy shares in the company and take the company public. Um, The rest of the management team, I was only there as an interim CEO um, up until, you know, for six months and then for two months as CEO. And so the management team decided they wanted to keep it uh, privately held. And, you know, they've had trouble uh, because of that. Uh, You know, they've had a lot of trouble in maintaining the finances because of that and things like that. But there's some very exciting news going on. There's a new CEO coming, from what I hear. There's a new management team that have wonderful ideas. I have a few ideas. I'm waiting on the sidelines until they want to do it. But we have some wonderful ideas that should be coming forward in the next 30 days. It's going to be a completely different world on Sansar because the beautiful thing about Sansar was not just the technology and the artistry, but it was also the people. The people that put it together the people that made that community and then the people who are there now supporting it keeping it alive right they are really they should really be applauded it's easy to jump on a bandwagon and everybody has success but these these guys and girls are really committed to the metaverse you know uh hopefully one day i don't know if we're going to have a duality But, you know, the thing about the metaverse that's really interesting is that it creates a whole new economy, Mm -hmm. right? And so on a very basic level, it automatically creates opportunity for everybody in it, uh, you know. And, And if you think about what does virtual reality and metaverse really do, you know, it really creates this community to express yourself and to express art. And, I mean, isn't that the greatest – other than eating and sleeping, isn't that the greatest thing to do is to be able to express yourself, to be able to share who you're with and what you're about and things like that, and to find people like you.
0: You're pretty much into the metaverse. So what are you doing in the metaverse today?
1: Well, you know, I'm working on a project. I can't talk about it entirely, but you met Jerry. Uh, Uh, No,
0: no, no, it's okay. You can tell us. Nobody's here. Don't worry
1: about it. Well, we – I'm working on a project that I uh, hopefully uh, with the wonderful team, I'm very excited about um, that. We're going to add new avenues to the metaverse, right? Uh, Not just going mobile and not just for headsets, but a whole new entirely new avenues into going, uh, going there. And, and the team that uh, I've been talking with, I'm very impressed by uh, the people are are genuine, wholeheartedly into the metaverse, into what it's about, into building communities. Uh they're they're very much they're very excited about the opportunity. And you know, the thing is finding like minded people, right? And and finding like minded people when you're part of an executive team that you kind of feel each other in a way, it's very exciting to be part of that as far as it goes, you know? And uh so we have some very new and exciting uh, avenues into getting the metaverse, getting virtual worlds out there. You know, Sansar has 3,800 virtual worlds that were user generated virtual worlds. And uh, they got wonder. That's yeah, amazing. they got wonderful patent, the patent portfolio. One of the things in, in, in the artistry of it all, right, is that the ability to have a likeness, there's the ability to have a likeness, right? And the uh, the so some things that are difficult is like the eye creation, you know, and and yeah. how the, the the twinkle of the eye, the the yeah. crease of the smile, right, and how the hands move, and Sansar has all three of those. Wow, and, and, and they're passive, right? So if you remember uh, Alter Ego uh, on Fox. That was an exciting show, right? Every time they wanted to move their hand, they just put a fireball, which was the symbol, symbolize, you know, some sort of hand gesture. We actually can look at each finger. Yeah. So
0: tell me, we're coming up to the top of the hour. Uh, closing thoughts and how do people get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Gary, thank you for having me, first of all. And, uh, you know, this my has pleasure. Been a- it's
0: great. Great to see you. Great to see your family, you know. Yeah. Quinn, you want to so you like yourself.
1: yeah. So if you want to reach me, uh, my email, uh, my personal email is intakefunding at Gmail. That's intake, I N T A K E, funding yep. at Gmail. This is Jack and Quinn. And if you use, if you put Jack and Quinn in the subject line, I'll be sure to open it. Okay. Just I'll remember, remember friend,
0: everybody, friend. Jack and Quinn in the subject line. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he's yeah, ready, John. It's ready to go.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh, and final thoughts, you know, let's all try to make a better world together. You know, and and just be be nice and and kind, and and we're all gonna we're all gonna have a really good good life ahead of us, and and just enjoy it, enjoy it, enjoy the art, enjoy the conversations, enjoy whatever part that interests you, both in real life and in the virtual world.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Well said. So thanks for taking your time out of your busy schedule. I appreciate it. It's great seeing the kids. And to my audience out there, my name is Gary Fowler. I'm the CEO, President, and Co-Founder of GSD. Get you done, Venture Studios. It's great to have you here again. Stay tuned for another exciting edition. Next Tuesday, I will be broadcasting uh, from Spain. So talk to you then. Stay happy, stay healthy, and stay safe. Saints again. Have fun with the kids. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
1: Bye bye.